it's a spooky episode of the Chop Nation USA podcast. Ah. Episode 130. And then there you go. I'm done with that. Okay, good. Because I was hoping <laughs> you weren't going to keep going with that. No. Good. <laughs> No, remember, the only episode I'll do a full impression for is Andre the Giant. <laughs> and I need to see those six beers first. Right, well, I need at least three as payment up front. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, no, I think we can keep building that up more and more. Right, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think by the time we get to the actual episode, it'll be a case. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm all right with that. <laughs> yes, but it is episode 130, and it is obvious by our special production at the beginning of the episode and the goofy little voice that we are doing our Halloween episode because if we tried to do it next week, the episode would come out on the first. Which would be just off base. No one would care. That don't work. So it is me, your faithful host, Steve. And we're joined with our other faithful host, Adam. I'm not going anywhere. I'm back again. Yes. You're Hooray. Ne- you'll never leave and you're trapped here forever. <laughs> until, <laughs> until the curse is broken. <laughs> or I just quit. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> We also have a special guest with us tonight, and his name is Brandon Getz. He is an author, and he just published his first novel. Why don't you say hey to the audience, Brandon? Hey, what's up? And that's it. All right. (laughs) (laughs) But he joins us tonight because we have a very special episode because we are doing Trick or Treat. That's our Halloween theme. It is. How appropriate for this time of year. Yes, and I went out of my way and I picked three beers that uh, could be tricks or they could be treats. I hope hope they're all treats. (laughs) It's not necessarily, uh, we're not necessarily working with like candy beers or anything. I just picked three beers that I thought were pretty weird. Oh, all right. Yeah. And it could be a whole toss up of whether or not these beers suck. So are we going to know what these beers are before we taste them? Uh, no. (laughs) They are that much of a surprise. three beers. All right. Well, no, I I will tell you what they are right before we pour them, but. Ah, okay. I thought you were going to pour them and we'd have to try to. No, just I'm not going full no, blind. No, no, I'm not going to try to make you guess exactly what. Say <laughs> <laughs> so we're good. We're not that good. No, no. So, would you like to know your first trick and or treat of the evening? Yes. All right. Mm. The first beer of the evening comes to us from the Stillwater Artisanal uh, Nomad Brewery. Yeah. Yeah, we've had them in the past. Uh, this is their General Goza. I recognize that can. Do you? Have I you seen it? <laughs> I have seen it. Yeah. And I've walked past it and I went, ugh. All right. <laughs> so what may have made Adam go, uh, is the General Goza is a sour amber wheat ale brewed with orange peel, chili powder, sea salt, and MSG seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> that is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. This beer is part of their takeaway series. Okay. And so there are two other ones. Uh, one is duck sauce. Mm-hmm. And I believe another one is uh, based on Kung Pao chicken. Interesting. Yeah. What kind of night of drinking <laughs> happened to lead to them deciding that this was a good idea? I don't know. I actually had this idea not too long ago. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, then you can explain what kind of drinking night did you have? Just a regular one. All right, then. <laughs> Just one where I was thinking, man, I wonder if there's a General So's beer out there. <laughs> and then a couple weeks later, this actually showed up. It was actually Sam. He oh, had the okay. Kung, he had the Kung Pao version. All right, and he showed that to me, and I go, man, I wonder if there's a General So's version. How would you brew a General So's version? Wonder no more. And then a couple weeks later, this one came out, and I was like, oh, that's how you'd brew a General So's <laughs> version. <laughs> they took all the all the questions away from you. Kind of, yeah. Sorry, and that's I why I bought it. 
Well, you feel free to ask any questions you want. Uh, the beer does come in at 4.5% on the alcohol. And uh, nothing on the IBUs because it's a goza. It's a goza. It's not going to have that much anyways. Right. Mm. So nothing to worry about there. Uh, I'm going to pour it up, though. So you've poured out this abomination of a beer. You don't know it's an abomination yet. That's true. That is very true. You haven't tried it. I had General Sills for lunch. Hell yeah. Oh, you're double dipping then. I know. (laughs) So taking a look at it, uh, it's got a good copper bronze color to it. Honestly, it it almost kind of looks like a Belgian. Yeah, it looks a little bit like a Belgian. It's kind of approaching like almost a deep orange as mm-hmm. well, which yeah. kind of makes sense if there was orange peel in, in right. It, so, mm-hmm. and also if it's supposed to be like a general sows, right? You know, it's got that orange brownish color to it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. the sows. Yeah, the sows. <laughs> uh, the head quickly dissipated, so that's probably from the chili oil, mm-hmm. and that's, it's, it's gonna away. go away quick. <laughs> yeah. Yep. On the nose, it uh, it smells like a goza. It doesn't st- smell spicy. No, it doesn't. No, it's got a little bit of a, uh, a tartness to it. Yeah, it's got that tartness. It's not, um, I don't know. I, I don't smell any, like, citrus notes or anything no. like that yet. No, mm-hmm. I Well, let's go find it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. It's not, uh, I don't know, not what I expected. It's not what I expected either. <laughs> There's it is no the, spice. No. There's right. really no citrus either. No. It, there, it's just kind of a sour. Right. It's not an abomination. I will I will walk that one back. Yeah, no, this is a treat. Mm-hmm. It uh into it. What's interesting is it's a it's a bit more uh sour than I anticipated. Okay. I uh, I thought it was gonna be just kind of a you know, a, a light tartness. But uh I'm starting to get you know how every once in a while you get that feeling in your jaw? Mm-hmm. Whenever you have something super sour, yeah, I got a little bit of that with this beer. Mm. Weird. So, so to me, that that is kind of one of the I, I, I hate to say it as like a level, but yeah. that's kind of one of the indicators to me that this is you know a legitimately sour beer. See, that's really strange because I'm not getting any of that, and you know I hate sours. Really? So yeah. What are you talking about? I agree with you, Adam. Thank you. Thank you. I, <laughs> at least I got somebody I in my like corner. It, but it oh, is, right, it is right. pretty sour. Hey, I will give you guys the caveat that I am. Like, I did get over the flu from last week. Good. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> so things might be, I don't know, out of whack. <laughs> Maybe the flu came in and just completely blew all your senses out of the water. Right. It might and have. you had to recalibrate. Yeah. Yeah. But sure. this is, it's not too sour for me. Really? Hmm. So, yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm not hating it. I'm kind of surprised at that. Me too. <laughs> me too from the, from the way you described it, but yeah, yeah, strange. I took another sip, but I got that little tinge in the jaw again. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just the first time. Like, I'm used to it, and it still happened. Hmm. So, okay. Right. Fair enough. But still no spice. No, no spice. And that surprises me. Yeah. And I, I'm a little disappointed, I'll be honest. I know. Because once you said spice, like, oh, yeah, spice, let's bring that on. And it didn't, it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. General Sosa is supposed to be the spicy chicken. Yeah. He's the good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, oh, well. I, we'll survive. Yeah, we'll survive. Uh, otherwise, <laughs> I mean, otherwise, it's really drinkable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is. We totally. uh, we definitely keep going back to the tasters and, yeah. and drinking this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's drinkable. Uh, maybe, maybe the old let it warm up trick. <laughs> we can do that. We'll provide something more to it, but. Okay. Otherwise, yeah, it's drinkable. I don't think it perfectly mimics General Sosa at the moment. Nah. No. But, but I guess it would be a pretty good compliment. I, I think this <laughs> is uh, more in the treat category than the trick category. Yes. Yeah. Even though it's a goofy-ass beer. Yeah, it's a goofy-ass beer. Feel kind of tricked without getting the spice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, Didn't really okay. live up to his name. Right. right. <laughs> right. But 
We'll see. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe something happens at the end of the segment. We'll see. Yeah. We'll come back. <laughs> we, we have more to drink, so. Yeah. Plenty to go. But back to our very special episode. We are trying something a little different this week and that we're not going to always be talking about beer the right. entire time. <laughs> we are expanding our horizons just yes. a little bit. Yes. We've uh, invited, you know, my, honestly, one of my oldest friends. Uh, Brandon gets second grade, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. We've, wow. Yeah, we've known each other for a long ass time. Long wow. Time. Okay. So you're blowing Sam out of the water. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's impressive. But Brandon has published his first uh, novel, Lars Breaks Face: The Werewolf in Space. Yeah. It obviously fits in with the theme. Absolutely. We're talking werewolves. Yes. You got or, a werewolf. You got a vampire. You got kind of some mummies. You got a robot Frankenstein. You got other monsters. A lot of monsters. See, there you go. I like it already. So it's it's within the theme. Mm-hmm. We're the, we're there <laughs> <Yeah>. for Halloween, <laughs> uh, but we figured we're gonna try something new, and we're gonna talk to you know a local Pittsburgh author. Mm-hmm. And it's not always gonna be an author, but I feel like maybe we can expand into other people in the area who are willing to come on and drink some beer with us. And who wouldn't, honestly? Right. Yeah. Right. So I mean, come on, we're good people. Yeah. Cheers. So if you're <laughs> kind of a musician or a filmmaker or anybody else out there who has has or does something interesting and you want to come on and talk beer with us get in touch yeah hopnationusa at gmail.com there you go but uh we're gonna try a test run here because i know brandon so it shouldn't shouldn't be like pulling teeth i know he's yeah he's a good speaker and is well animated and definitely willing to talk about his brand new book laura's breaks face Mm -hmm. uh with that though brandon why don't you just kind of introduce yourself kind of give people a background of who you are how long you've been writing, and maybe like some of your favorite beers and beer styles. Cool, yeah, man. I've been writing, uh, you know, I've been writing forever almost. Um, I wrote my first book ever. It was kind of actually about um, older, dangerous versions of Steve and me uh, called A Dangerous Dude. I wrote it in 1996 when we were uh, both in fifth grade together. Um, And I recently found that uh, that 64-page notebook with uh, oh, shit. us uh, running around shooting aliens with plasma blasters and whatever weaponry from doom i i could remember so i must just um, say I, after the episode i'm gonna need some of these stories <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna need as many as i can get not for him <laughs> so i've been i've been writing a lot of that uh wacky stuff um you know for forever uh but then in college got more serious uh, more like literary and literary weird fiction and and when got an mfa from uh, eastern washington out in spokane and for the last you know 10 years i've been writing primarily short stories but about four years ago uh after after a couple of aborted novel attempts uh, i decided i was gonna pick the most ridiculous idea i had ever had which had been this werewolf in space with this particular name that had just hit me like a lightning bolt one day. Lars Breaks Face, uh, the breaker of faces. <laughs> and uh, I decided, I, I had heard about this uh, this serial platform from a friend of mine online where you wrote chapter by chapter. People are following along, so you have to just finish and, and go for it. And I decided, all right, I'm gonna just have fun with this. And then I wrote this whole ass book and uh reached out to this publisher space boy books they loved it too and now here it is 
Right on. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks, yeah. man. That is, that is a Thank feat. Uh, just to get your, your book complete published out there is an awesome, awesome accomplishment. It is a hell of a thing. It's, it's weird to have it out there. <laughs> You're looking right at it I'm right now. I'm looking at it. You can Here hold it, it in is. your hand. Yeah, having a physical copy and like, I know you've seen it in some stores now. Like, does that, yeah. play, does oh, that really? play your mind? Oh, man. Saturday, I was at a, an event, uh, Monroeville Barnes & Noble, and they had 20 of my books just on a shelf. No shit. You can go to Amazon.com <laughs> and it's there. You can go to BarnesandNoble.com and it's there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy that even though, you know, I knew for over a year that this thing would be happening, uh, to actually see it there physically on a shelf with my name on it is is pretty wild after all this time. So that is awesome. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what uh, can you give us a quick synopsis of of what the book is about? Obviously, it's about a werewolf in space. Yeah. So uh, Lars is is a beer guzzling, grungy space cowboy kind of dude, uh, mercenary for hire. Uh, he is on shore leave, meets this uh, mysterious woman and her tree alien bodyguard she gives them a mission and they go on a wild planet hopping dimension hopping time hopping adventure uh to avenge her family's death and get into a bunch of hijinks i don't want to spoil it but there is a lot of beer drinking involved right on so what would your favorite beers be and then what would lars favorite beers be <laughs> that's true because that is not the same um me i have trended toward uh the not too insane ipas or like session ipas for the past couple of years um but more recently i've been getting into sour so trying this uh, general goes is really delicious to me um over at a uh, full pint uh, if you go to their wild side saloon or whatever it's called down in lawrenceville uh they always have this uh this sour uh sour weiss tea funk yes on I'm very familiar with that oh, beer. Fan. Yeah. <laughs> love that beer and they they tend to almost always i think have some really good sours down there so mm -hmm. um i've been jonesing on the sours uh also the flesh and blood ipa from dogfish head specifically is i think a really good halloween ipa it's delicious. It's very citrusy. It also is not a pumpkin beer. Right. Everybody's <laughs> pushing at you in the fall. I'm pretty... Uh, no, I don't think we've had that one on the show. I don't believe we no. have. I think we've had it in just personal experience. Oh, for sure, yeah. But, yeah, I don't think we've featured that on the show. No, I, I got it confused with the Flying Dog Bloodline. Ah, yes. Which I, I think they're very similar. They're both blood orange IPAs. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So but Lars, yeah, Lars. Uh, Lars likes some dark and bitter. He likes a good dark beer. I don't actually like dark beer, <laughs> <laughs> but for some reason, when he's there sitting in sitting in space, jonesing for a brew, uh, I kept always going back to to dark and bitter beers for him. So probably like a black IPA or yes. a Roush beer yeah. would be up his alley. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe a night, maybe a dry Irish stout. Okay. You know, you know, somewhere in that arena. Or, and I haven't had it, so I can't confirm how bitter it would be, 
but the wet hop version of uh, Night of the Living Stout. Ah, I have not had that either. Yeah. But, but I like to think that's that full pint too, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So apparently, I think it's supposed to be like 100 IBUs. That is ridiculous. But because it's a darker beer, mm. you get offset a little bit. Right. Yeah. I got to try that. Okay. That, that, that would be it. a trick or treat right <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, because we know the Night of the Living Stout's a treat. Mm-hmm. Is that does it become a trick when you and that also becomes who you're who you're asking because for that's, you Steve yeah that's probably a treat yes for me not not so much, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> you had talked about the beer drinking uh, for Lars and you you said the dark and the bitter beers and immediately I thought of Steve hmm. in, in my mind I kind of had Steve as a bit of an inspiration. Uh, for Lars, you have gone back with him since you guys were knee-high to a grasshopper. Uh, any other inspirations for the book? Any characters? Any things like that? Definitely. Um, you know, for, for the character of Lars, uh, he's a little bit Han Solo. Uh, he's a little bit Ash Williams from Evil Dead, especially the uh, Ash versus Evil Dead version. Um, he's a little bit the dude. Um, just kind of all those kind of goofy heroes um han solo is a little too slick uh compared to lars lars is definitely not as slick but still has a little bit of that swaggering space cowboy vibe nice (laughs) han solo is much more of a eluding fight type of of character whereas lars is a definitely head-on Oh, yeah. He's yeah. a brawler. Right. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. Han Solo will try to get his way out of a fight before he has to. <laughs> That's right. And Lars will just head first right in. Yeah. Okay. All right. He's a werewolf. I mean. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, He's if not... I were a werewolf, I would do the same thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He's going to rip your limbs off and beat you with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll say just from reading it myself, uh, I'm not deeply far into it, but there's a couple things I've noticed that I don't know if they're necessarily you would call them inspirations but they kind of remind me. Uh, it does kind of remind me of Hitchhiker's Guide a little bit. Oh, shit. Two, two things kind of stuck out to me that kind of reminded me of Hitchhiker's is, one, in the way you write, you, you we're obviously dealing with more sci-fantasy than science fiction mm. because yeah. you're, you're not really looking to explain the science you know, the same way that you would in like a, a Star Trek where they have like the ship books. Mm-hmm. where you can go deck by deck and see all that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is much more like just kind of boiling things down to recognizable things and putting them into space. Like you you speak of uh, Frank, the tree bodyguard. His favorite drink is chlorogen. You know, and it's obviously, it's a gin made of chlorophyll. Mm-hmm. You know, it's re- recognizable things like that. Right. And, and that's something similar that you find in Hitchhiker's Guide where it's just kind of like, here. Here's some recognizable things put together, mm. and now it's spacey. <laughs> right. There's something that you, it pulls the reader in just a little bit further. Right, right. It's relatable, but, yeah. you know, still has a, a fantasy element to it. Mm. That's definitely true. And, like, uh, you know, his, uh, Lars's lycanthropy is explained as a virus, but, like, I don't know. He's he's gathering lunar energy from moons across the galaxy and storing it in lunar bed. Ba- it doesn't make any scientific fucking sense, you know. <laughs> but it doesn't it have just, to. It just works, uh, you know, in the logic of the story. There's blood magic that mm-hmm. is spe- specifically called magic. Right. Um, there's no scientific explanation for like half the shit. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. That's why it's sci-fantasy. Like yeah, that, yeah. It's much more relatable to Star Wars mm-hmm. and Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah, where, like definitely. they didn't really explain things. Mm. Like things just are. Yes. yes. You don't have to yes. go full Tom Clancy 
and yeah. get down into every single minute detail <laughs> to the point where the U.S. government's knocking at your door. How did you know about this? Yeah, the USS Nimitz, which is 122 <laughs> meters. <laughs> I don't know. But, we ain't uh, got time for that. We yeah. got space cruisers going through space. Yeah. They got things to do. They got beers to drink. <laughs> And also just the way you write, uh, I was reminded of Hitchhikers because it's mm. it, all of those books are very short in chapter. Oh, yeah, they are. Yeah. They? It's yeah. just like, it's, so it's very easy to kind of breeze through what you're reading because you only know, oh, okay, like I can read three, four pages now mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then come back to it. So it, it's very easily ingestible that way. Mm. So, yeah. I've, I've been read <laughs> before this book. I had been rereading Hitchhikers, the big giant 800 page oh, okay. <laughs> thing anyway. So. <laughs> On top of that, and I don't know how close this is because I know both you and I are fans of the Wolf Cop films. Yeah. But I don't know. Did I don't think either of us really discovered them before you started writing this. No, I didn't. I, I discovered Wolf Cop maybe a year into what I was doing here. But tonally, uh, there is a lot of similarity there. And when I did discover it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is like what I'm doing. Uh, I felt a little bit that way, too, about Ash versus Evil Dead, because that started after I had uh, started on the novel, also about a year in. And that iteration of Ash Williams is is kind of a version of the Army of Darkness version, right? But bit, it's yeah. still he's still kind of more irreverent yeah. and more ridiculous. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that uh, both of those characters were not inspirations so much as um, kind of like kindred spirits. Yeah, <laughs> when I, when I yeah, and I, I think I think it's just good to like point that out it's just like if you enjoy both of those things i feel like you would enjoy this book Mm, as well because if you enjoy wolf cop you'll find a lot of you know obviously werewolf but like there's it's just a lot of violence and a lot of like things of sexual nature yeah like you know the wolf cop is full of (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then you know like you were saying with ash you know in that showtime show he he's much more of a tail chasing scumbag. Yeah, is what he is. totally. I know, totally. <laughs> he's a, he's a tail chaser, and that and he's still maintains some of the cowardliness of not trying to fight. So, mm-hmm. but when he has to, he really gets into it. So yeah. So as somebody who has not read the book but is familiar with uh, the other things you guys are talking about, that's yeah. that that helps me kind of set my mind of what this book is and what this book is mm-hmm. about. Uh, and I appreciate that. So I'm definitely going to have to pick up a copy of this. It's goofy. Yeah. It's crass. It's bloody. Uh, it has a lot of creature feature nods, a lot of um, 80s and 90s horror nods. Uh, and then obviously, you know, all the science fictional stuff as well. Right mm-hmm. on. Awesome. Is there any other, uh, aside from your book, is there anything else that you think people should be reading right now or any suggestions for just like a reader's list for Halloween or even just in general? Well, uh, in general, I mean, I got to give shout outs to a couple of friends of mine. Um, this dude, Rick Claypool, his uh, science fiction um, science fiction story, Leech Girl Lives, came out two years ago, and that's actually how I found my publisher. Was I I had found out about his book from a, a friend of a friend and checked his book out. It was a little more serious than mine. Um, uh, has a little bit more to say politically, but um, still had kind of a goofy, cartoony aspect to it. And so I had reached out to the publisher after checking out his book. 
And then also my friend Gwendolyn Keist, uh, her horror book, The Rust Maidens, came out, I believe, the end of last year. But it's really been gaining a lot of press. It was just on like a uh, list of spooky reads on tour.com. Uh, and she's definitely up and coming. So, both of those uh, Pittsburgh-based writers. Yep, they yep. are both Pittsburgh. Cool, right on. So, coming back, yes, to this general goza. <laughs> yes, now that it's warmed up a little bit. Yeah. Did you guys find anything different, interesting, new about it? Here's what it, what is interesting, mm-hmm. at least to me, is nothing changed. Yeah. Until the last sip that I just took, and I caught a little bit of spice. Yeah. So I had to report to see if it was, if my mind was just going bananas, yeah, or if it was actually there. And I haven't taken another sip yet. Okay, so <laughs> well, let's go to Brandon. Yes, you take that sip, and we'll come back in a second. Yeah, you know, it's still not as much as I would maybe hope for, given the uh, the label. Um, but there is kind of maybe it had settled in the glass. Um, the there's a tiny hint of spice. There's definitely a little bit more saltiness mm-hmm. too at the end. Personally, I found like a little, little tiny itty bitty bit of spice. <laughs> like, it's very small. Pretty small. It's <laughs> yeah. very small building up at the back of my throat. Just a little tiny bit. And mm-hmm. I and I did take that sip. Yeah. And I found the same thing. Yeah. It's just yeah. it's very minute. I guess my biggest disappointment with this is that I didn't get more orange flavor out of it. Mm. Just because I kind of wish that I got more of that. But mm. otherwise Yeah, I didn't taste any of that. Yeah. Otherwise I think it's still really drinkable. It's not a trick, so it doesn't trick us as a bad right. beer, but... I think if they they uh, relabeled it something else... <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know how often this is going to get made. It's, probably not. It's probably often. just a one-off, but... Right. And I, and I have a hunch that the MSG doesn't actually do anything. Probably not. It's yeah. probably I'm a gimmick. I'm pretty sure that's... Yeah, it's a gimmick. The so gimmick. <laughs> yeah, you change the label, take out the MSG, and you could probably, you know, sell it. Yeah, you got to wonder how much they even put into it. It might have been mm-hmm. just a sprinkle as they just walked to say by. It, yeah. Yeah. Just to say it was in there. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, I think we're going to take a little break. We're going to come back with segment two and our second trick or treat beer. And uh, we'll be talking a little bit more with Brandon and get to learn more about him as a writer process. What's next for Lars? All those kind of things. So stay tuned. I'll be back. First Sip Brew Box is a -a one-of-a-kind subscription service for craft beer lovers based right here in Pittsburgh. Every month, First Sip will send you a box full of craft beer enthusiast essentials, including t-shirts, glassware, and even food. Right now, our friends at First Sip Brew Box have an offer for you. Just sign up for a three-month subscription and get your fourth month free. Just enter the code HOPUSA when you sign up at firstsipbrewbox.com. That's H-O-P-U-S-A at checkout to get your fourth month free at firstsipbrewbox.com. We're back with episode 130 of the Hop Nation Boo-S-A podcast. There's the other voice. (laughs) There you go. All right, good. (laughs) So, yes, we're still here. We're still with our guest, Brandon, who is the local author bringing us a Lars Breaks Face werewolf in space. And we're still with our trick-or-treat beers. Yes. That means we have a second one ready to go. Are you ready for your trick-or-treat beer? After that last one, I don't know, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, Brandon, are you ready? Ready. So our second beer coming to us all the way from Sweden. 
It's a Swedish beer. It's Swedish beer. Yeah. <laughs> it is the Hilma by Omnipolno. It is the Flippin' Burgers and Fries. What? IPA. <laughs> okay. It is brewed with vanilla, burger bun, and crispy fries. What, what the fuck? <laughs> that is the proper response. Yes. Look at that can. Where is, it, is it a that, trick or a treat? <laughs> is this is this from Vintage? Uh, no, this is actually from JR's. Oh, okay. All right. Go Although I did see it at Vintage. Okay. And I believe I also saw it at House of Brews. Okay. Trifecta shout out for yes. all of the places we, <laughs> we buy our beer at. Kroger, up your game. <laughs> yeah, Kroger, step it up. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a beautiful can. Like, it I, is. I want a print of that for my wall. Uh, you know, check out a lot of the Omnipolo cans. They yeah. have a lot of good art. Yeah. 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 Uh, it is an 8% ABV. Whoa. Mm-hmm. A little bit of a heavy hitter. And uh, nothing on the IBUs, which is strange because it's an IPA. Not that it matters. Not that it terribly because matters. IBUs are fake. Yeah. And Funny. I'm, I'm also, <laughs> I'm also guessing this is so packed full of lactose and vanilla. Mm-hmm. It's not gonna matter. Yeah, yeah, there's a good chance it's not gonna matter. So we'll see what we come up with. There. Let's find out. All right. All right. Well, looking at this one, it's hazy as a mug. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like an IPA. Uh, it uh, kind of smells like one too. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not much on the head retention either. No. No, it went away pretty quickly. It smells very citrusy and it's very yellow. Yeah, it smells citrusy. It has kind of that pale goldenrod to it mm-hmm. i get kind of the thickness on the smell of, a, of the lactose sense. yeah mm-hmm. if that makes sense it smells kind of the same way a lot of those decadent ales smell yeah 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 it smells sweet and thick <laughs> hmm. it's weird it's not <laughs> awful <laughs> but it's, not- it's weird I don't know if it's awful. It's ah, that's that is bizarre though. It's got it's like a mix of flavors. It's not supposed to be there. I don't like it. There, I'll say it. Now hold on, qualify that. Do you not like it because it's an IPA, or do you not like it because of everything else that's going on? With I don't. It? I I simply don't find it to be an enjoyable beer across all. Okay, it, it's not yeah. super hoppy uh, as far mm-hmm. as IPAs go. That's not no. the flavor that you get. No. Um, but it's like it's muddled it, it's trying to do too many things yep. at once yes yes and similar to the decadent i've drank some decadence lately and i'm i'm kind of losing my my taste for them mm-hmm. they're oh wait, you can't drink too many no. too close together <laughs> no. they're they're overly sweet and they are and this one this one just it it, it, it seems out of balance mm-hmm. yep. yeah I'm, I'm not buying it yeah i'm not buying it I'll say it does kind of remind me of those decadence, but the thing is, it doesn't hit the alternate flavor profile. Yes, like mm-hmm. those decadence are pretty good at bringing forward whatever blueberry pop tart garbage. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're they're good at bringing those flavors forward, but this one doesn't have any other flavor coming forward. It just tastes sweet and thick. Yeah, yeah. Like it's muted that way. Yeah, mm-hmm. they they forgot a part. Yeah, it's not even big on vanilla. Mm-hmm. But no. if, if they're they were shooting for Hamburger bun and French fry. I don't know how you would do that in the first place. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I yeah. I don't see how they what they were going for. I mean, they were, just, they were just trying to throw in you know a happy meal and see what happens. That's that was they forgot the special sauce. So yeah. okay, so they were Michelangelo and Ninja Turtles too. Yeah, they just dropped the pizza slice in and went with it. Right, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all it is. Yeah, that's all it is. It's uh... just don't tell nobody. <laughs> It'll be fine. 
But yeah, it, you don't really get any of those three things that they're talking about. You don't get vanilla. You don't get a bun, which, I mean, if you want to try to do that, you could also incorporate like sesame seeds mm-hmm. to try to get like a sesame seed flavor to it so that you could think about a bun in that way. Yeah, but honestly, the only bun I would think that would work with a sweet lactose-ish, you know, beer yeah. would be the King's Hawaiian. Yeah. And that, that mm-hmm. ain't anywhere near this. No. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would probably cut the vanilla to like remove the shake and try to add a different flavor and like mm-hmm. almost make it a goza mm-hmm. because then you could do sesame seed and salt for the fries. Right. And then try some other flavor. Well, don't say that too loud because somebody's going to get that idea. Strawberry. Strawberry shake. Strawberry ah, shake. There, See, there you, you go. go. All right. Yeah. And then lactose. <laughs> yeah. Shit tons of lactose. Yeah. And it goes up. Yeah. <laughs> with, you know, with sesame seed and, and salt. There. That's I'm better. into it. That yeah. would be better. There. We'll try that. Steve, done, <laughs> Steve has done your job for you on the polo. Fix it. <laughs> please and thank you. Now, we got to be courteous about yeah, it. Yeah, please. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really loving this one. <clears throat> I'm not either. It's, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna finish well, it. Yeah, it's not so bad you can't drink it, but it's just it's weird and it it doesn't like you said it doesn't bring those flavors through. Yeah, mm. not my jam. It's also not uh, like it's not refreshing either. No. no, so it's not too it's not sweet enough to be a dessert, mm-hmm. and it's not refreshing enough to want to put a whole bunch down because it does have that thick mouth feel. It's kind of right. got that no. It's in that no man's land. Yeah. It's no man's land mm-hmm. of no thank you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> All right. Well, let's continue on. We'll uh, come back to this at the end of the segment, but uh, let's keep talking to Brandon. Learn a little bit more about you know his writing, uh, his process, things he enjoys. Uh, I just want to get a little more deeper into like your process for writing a novel. It's 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 a daunting task. As yeah, somebody, no shit. <laughs> as somebody who's. <laughs> Somebody who's only finished like a 90 page screenplay, that's the farthest I can go. <laughs> and that's usually only about 18,000 words. How, how do you keep pushing yourself? And like you said, the process when you wrote this book was you had to put out a new part every, was it every month or so? Or Well, originally I was trying to put one out every week uh, because the, the chapters on average were about 700 words. So I could sit down for like a couple of hours, bang something out, especially if I had been thinking about it uh, prior to sitting down in front of the page. Um, But yeah, that said, I mean, I kind of didn't know. I didn't know how to write a novel. I had been writing short stories forever. uh, But uh, like I had mentioned earlier, I I tried to write uh, two different novels and I would just get stuck because I don't i fucking hate outlining things mm-hmm. if you outline it too much it feels like you already wrote it why do you need to write it again <laughs> right <laughs> so uh so i i didn't want to outline anything but then i would just write myself into corners have to keep uh rewriting going back um and never finishing anything never even getting fucking halfway through something the the process for this was was kind of weird in that yeah i had done that serial um and it was there posted on that platform chapter by chapter so i had to just keep going even if i wrote myself into a corner which i i didn't write myself into any corners i couldn't get out of but i did write myself into a couple that i was like 
I don't fucking like this. <laughs> I wish I didn't do this. Um, and I don't know what I'm doing with that character. And I don't know why this person is here. And I don't know why they're doing this. Uh, and I just kind of had to go with it. And I had to get over myself and just be like, well, do the best you can. Kind of make it make sense. Just fucking keep going because you can't redo it. I was um, going to say, the platform that you used, were you able to go back and make changes? Or once it was out there, that was your you know point of no return? Technically, I could. Uh, and there were a couple of times when there was something like egregious that I had fucked up or or just like an edit that i was like wait a minute i got <laughs> um i could go back but i couldn't i couldn't like throw away five chapters that i had already posted i mean i could have right but like that was not in the spirit of what's going on and mm -hmm. some people you know a handful of people you know maybe 10 people or so were following along okay so then if they suddenly found that those five chapters that they had read had no bearing on the story <laughs> as it was going they'd be like what the fuck so uh because of that like I, I did i just had to keep going and and that did push me creatively uh several times where i i had to think up ways to get out of puzzles that I had set for myself, um, which was kind of a cool thing. Uh, and then also just having that accountability, those people who were following along, knowing that it was out there and that I couldn't just keep endlessly rewriting the first five chapters mm -hmm. um, was really helpful. And I don't think that I would necessarily go back to a similar platform. That platform doesn't exist anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but there are similar platforms out there. I don't think I would do it again um, exactly like that, but I would kind of, I guess, internally kind of just set it for myself. Like, all right, imagine that there is this audience yeah. and keep going. And try to do like 700 or 1,000. Yeah, oh, oh, like yeah. a pop, because that, that did work for me too, mm -hmm. that I wasn't sitting down and trying to write 2,000 words in one night. And, you know, having a kid and having a full-time job, like, that's all I get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get a night yeah. to write, and that's it. So I got to bang it out in, like, four hours. Um, so having having those kind of shorter chapters actually really worked, and, and I can see myself doing that process again. Right on. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. If that's If segmenting things that way, like, really helped you, mm -hmm. like, is that a tip that you would probably pass on to others? Like, yeah for since, sure since, and i mean since uh it was juke pop right juke pop yeah. yeah they don't exist anymore but nope. like find find a way to segment things out for yourself as you write definitely um i i guess i wouldn't say that my process necessarily works for everyone um but for me having like those bite-sized chunks and with it being a cereal uh it sort of lent itself well to always ending on a cliffhanger Mm -hmm. um, and so then that had me doing that like Hemingway thing where, you know, you're not leaving everything that you have in your brain on the page. Right. Like you always had to have something waiting, um, for the next day. Uh, and so that helped to keep me going as well. Um, I will say though, that one thing that I had in this story that I didn't have in other novels that I had worked on, um, was I did have like this very vague end point once i introduced the uh vampire character i knew that she was a kind of anastasia character who would be avenging her family who had been killed um i don't want to say too much about that uh it's 
mildly spoilery, not super spoilery, but um, even still, I won't get too far into it. But just having that like vague, okay, this is where my, my end point is. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. know how I'm getting there. <laughs> it's a wild adventure till I'm there, but this is what I'm moving to was was helpful in lieu of an outline since yeah. I was refusing to do an outline. Right. <laughs> <laughs> the writing before the writing. Right. I, I, I'll admit, like, times when I've written, like, screenplays for either myself or just other clients or whatever, if I can come up with an ending, it makes things so much easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, come up with an ending, because then you know what you're working right, for. Then you could just backfill it all in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so now that, like, Jupop isn't around, uh, is there any other resources, though, that you use for your writing in daily or that you would suggest to other writers, whether it's for writing or even getting feedback that's legit man um i don't know of anything i I mean i i know that there are juke pop like things out there i don't know the names of them offhand um for me uh what i've had are local writers groups that i don't get out to as much as i used to but um just having that community and knowing i can show up and read other people's things and uh they'll read my stuff um that has been very helpful um and so shout out to uh the rond table and the hour after happy hour writers workshop um the the readers and writers there Uh, at both spots are really awesome have given me a ton of feedback on a lot of different stories um i do find that people uh tend to build communities on twitter a lot Mm -hmm. uh, especially in like um genre fiction i see a, a lot in the science fiction and horror communities where people don't necessarily know each other in person but they know each other on twitter Mm -hmm. and build up these like internet friendships where they're sending each other work um i haven't been a part of that necessarily but i see it and i admire it (laughs) we we have something similar in in the podcast community as well oh yeah there's a lot of other podcasts we know out there that you know we'll listen to their stuff they'll listen to our stuff yeah we'll retweet them we'll interact with them shout out to bumwine bob (laughs) yeah bumwine (laughs) bumwine bob's always (laughs) retweeting us and stuff um I the one I do have a gripe though. Uh, one of the big things that always gets up my crack. Your craw? Every, no, I like saying everything that gets up my crack. Okay, all right. <laughs> Chase what your grundle. Yeah. Every, but uh, what gets up my crack is a lot of times we get follows from writers on Twitter, mm-hmm. and then we follow back, and then and, and then they disappear yeah. to build their. <laughs> they'll follow us and then they disappear and they stop following yeah, us. Yeah, those fuckers. Yeah, and it's not just us, but they do it to everybody. Just to keep their ratio of followers to followed. It's a dirty move. It's a dirty, dirty move. And it's like, oh, you didn't sell the book, Ned. <laughs> every, t- every time I get a follow, I look and if they have more than like 2,000 followers, like you, you're doing some kind of tricky shit. And right. I'm not following you. I'm not <laughs> following you back. It. Fuck you. I ain't trust I'm not it. falling for it. I'd say, I'd say another resource, like I, I don't know what the groups are or anything but you're talking about uh like facebook and twitter and i'm pretty sure reddit has the same thing as well mm. you just have to find those communities right i don't know what they are i don't know what the subreddits are no, right. <laughs> they're out there I'm somewhere sure they exist i i just know from the fact that there's a podcast subreddit and then another podcast subreddit right. <laughs> there's got to be at least one writing subreddit <laughs> I'm sure there are. 
for uh, for somebody who is is looking to get into, I'll say, the novel business, uh, is there a good good bit of advice for somebody who hasn't written a novel before? Uh, you're a first timer as well. Uh, is there something that, as you went through that process, that you didn't quite expect? Yeah, I, well, I, it it ended up. Um you know, people ask me influences on this book uh, often. You know, when we're when we're having interviews or whatever, and and it's much more influenced by movies and TV than it is the things that I read. Mm-hmm. Uh, the things that I read tend to be a bit more serious, tend to be a bit more literary. Uh, even the you know science fiction and and fantasy that that I've been reading in recent years, uh, it's not monster space opera adventures, right? Um, but uh you know there's like there's the mid-season boss that they have to defeat before they get to the the final boss um there are these kind of like episodes on each planet or or location um and in that way uh it reminded me a bit more of like killjoys or firefly um those sorts of things where you know you go to a place and you're there for an episode and then you move on to the next place Mm. gotcha okay so that uh i guess that helped to kind of like encapsulate it into smaller chunks for me um so that i wasn't just thinking like oh my god i'm it's gonna keep going and going and going and going word things it's gonna (laughs) take forever so I'll continue on with that. Uh, is there any plans for a continuation? Is this something you're looking to turn into a series or uh, another direction you're, you're looking to take this universe? Uh, yes and no. Um, maybe. Probably. <laughs> yes and no and maybe. Uh, I think you've covered them a, all. <laughs> there, is a, there is a tease at the end of this book, and I won't say that it's... I won't say anything about it. There's just there's a tease. So what I'm hearing uh, is read the damn book. That, you know, <laughs> it's there. But uh, I had already I've already written two short stories with the Lars character. One um, is up on this uh, this literary magazine Boned, uh, and it it is a Christmas story with Lars and the character Fish. Then there's also one that I wrote for an upcoming anthology from this same publisher, Space Boy Books, and that one has some zombies in it. Uh, and then I've got a list of like 10 to 15 other short story ideas I'd really like to delve into. Um, so we'll see what happens with that, see what happens with a novel sequel. I don't know, man. He's a fucking fun character to write uh, and kind of draws on a lot of stuff that I've been doing forever. I mean, um, speaking of, you know, Steve and me back way back in the day um, when we were in third grade, um, we did a lot of drawing together, he and I. And we would each like separately work on comic books that were inspired by you know the shit that we were reading and power rangers and stuff like that and i had made these comic books that had uh me steve and my sister as superheroes and my alter ego in this comic book was a werewolf who could hulk out anytime he wanted a werewolf and i didn't even remember that when i was starting this book and then i found it at my parents' house, and I was like, holy fuck, <laughs> this, this idea that I have had goes way back to being like eight or nine years old. Um, 
So there, you know, there are a lot of things about Lars Briggs' face that just feel like kind of my life's work. <laughs> like just this fucked up stuff that I was doing as a kid. This really draws on all that the culmination right. of thirty plus years. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So I got an idea for you, and I'll pitch it to you. You have this episodic uh, nature to writing Lars. You have, you know, obviously episodes within the book, and then you have these outside short stories. Have you considered turning it into an audio drama? Nah, man, I, <laughs> I haven't. I didn't even know. So there you go. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that'd be that'd be rad. Um, I mean, uh, the people who uh, came to the launch, Steve was one of them, um, would know that I did a lot of different voices. Uh, I think half of being a dad is just doing fucking different voices for stuff <laughs> okay yeah every fucking day um i've been the last couple of days i've been every single uh character from scooby-doo including all of the hex girls from a specific halloween episode <laughs> so so you have practice yes. like zoinks <laughs> all yes, you really yeah. need is a microphone and somebody to add in like post-production of laser sounds and such like that gee if only we had that sort of thing laying around <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know anybody who does that shit <laughs> Is this the point in the episode where you just put in the laser sounds? Yeah, they've right already, again, Adam, they've already happened. <laughs> You're calling out production. That's already happened. <laughs> but, you know, I, it's it's the new wave, you know, the audio drama. And mm -hmm. if you can write something short and serialized, people will hook on to it. Yeah. I've, no, man, I I've totally listened, agree. That's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't thought of it, but I totally agree. We'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, so yeah, there's an idea. Uh, just coming back to something we talked about a little bit before, you know, we're talking horror movies and, you know, you, you obviously draw inspiration from horror movies. Is there, do you have any more beer and horror movie pairings that you could think of? Um, well, I will say that every year the season hits and I grab some kind of pumpkin beer. I always grab a six pack or a four pack of something and sit down to watch a horror movie start drinking the pumpkin beer realize I don't even fucking like pumpkin beers <laughs> but it just feels like you always have to have at least one pumpkin spice latte with the whipped cream and the cinnamon whatever the fuck <laughs> and you always need at least one pumpkin beer when when the season hits and so this year uh my first pumpkin beer was uh, paired with watching the Banana Splits movie. Oh, God. <laughs> and it was, did you see it? I saw the trailer for it, and I was thoroughly confused. It's fucking weird. Yeah. It's really weird. I mean, it's Five Nights at Freddy's. Just, right. That's didn't get exactly the rights what I thought. Yeah. Freddy's yeah. I had, um, so they used an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon instead? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's weird. I had no idea the Banana Splits had a feature-length film. It is a horror it, movie, Adam. It is That's a fantastic. horror. It is a horror film. <laughs> Why they am I not surprised that you knew the Banana Splits just as a cartoon? Well, why wouldn't I? <laughs> I don't, I'm, That's I'm just saying. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I would I would say uh, don't pair it with the Banana Splits movie. Okay. Uh, it's fine. It was fun. It wasn't that great. Probably what uh, I would actually say. Today, I saw a lot of tweets about this. Today is the 37th anniversary of Halloween 3 season of The Witch, hmm. starring Tom Atkins, a uh, local Pittsburgh dude who also blurbed 
uh, Lars Briggs face Werewolf in Space. He's fucking awesome. I just saw him recently uh, at a Halloween 3 screening uh, over at the Science Center. Oh, no shit. Um, and so you should grab a pumpkin beer. Mine was UFO pumpkin from Harpoon Brewery. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. It was fine. It's not yeah. too sweet. Yeah. Um, as far as pumpkin beers go. If you don't like you pumpkin know, beers, like, yeah, you right. don't like it them, was, you don't like it them. Was, it, was, it was fine. Um, you know, I really don't like the Imperial pumpkins, and I everybody talks about the pumpkin, and I don't think that it's right. really like all it's cracked up to be. Well, if you don't but, like pumpkin beers, like why would you really subject yourself to that heavy of a pumpkin? Flavor? Well, that's why I didn't. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly why I did not. Um, so the UFO pumpkin, it was fine. It was yeah. fine. It yeah. did the trick. It got me feeling festive. Thank Check you. the um, box. <laughs> so grab your pumpkin beer, or I guess if you're watching Halloween three, maybe maybe grab an Irish beer, maybe grab a Guinness. Yeah. Shamrock. Silver <laughs> Shamrock. Silver Shamrock. Um, I, I got a suggestion for you for maybe replacing pumpkin beers. Uh, hopefully they'll brew it again next year. But the Dogfish Head Suddenly Comfy. Suddenly Comfy. Suddenly Comfy. It is, mm. It's a beer brewed with apple cider and cinnamon. I have not Sounds had that one yet. awesome. Yeah. I love Dogfish Head. Yeah. It, it, oh, like, it, it kind of takes all those cinnamony and fall flavors from a pumpkin beer that you would get mm-hmm. and removes the pumpkininess of it. Yeah. And yeah, just mix it with apple juice. It's really easy drinking. It's like 8%. Ooh, shit. All right. Yeah, you won't know that you're getting <laughs> <laughs> You won't know that you're getting tuned up, but you will. <laughs> and I enjoyed that beer. So. Oh yeah. Is it still around? Is it Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's still around right now. Yeah, I might yeah, yeah. get some. I just saw I just saw some. So. All right. Yeah. But that is your extra beer review for a good beer. Yes. <laughs> and now back to the Omnipolo Hilma. Hilma. It didn't get better. Uh, no. It didn't. No. It, I was not It's impressed. still a mess. It's still muddled. It's still hazy. Yeah. It's still kind of too sweet, but not sweet enough. Right. It just doesn't know what it's supposed to mm. be. Right. Yeah, there's not much going on with it. And, eh. yeah. <laughs> but the can is nice. The can is beautiful. Yes. As, as most Omnipolo... Except for the ones that are the ice cream beers, mm-hmm. because they just look like uh, poop emojis running. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But other than that, yeah. But uh, the, we'll give them a pat on the head for the can design. Yeah. You tried your, you tried something. <laughs> Credit where credit's due. They went yeah. a little I'm out, outside say, the lines. Yeah. I'm not going to say they tried their best. They just tried <laughs> just something. Try. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So that's that beer. Um, we will be back with our third trick or treat beer of the evening. And or afternoon or, or yeah, morning whenever you're listening to this yeah and then we'll do something fun <laughs> to end the show I'll be back i'm megan i'm rj and we host oh no lit class a comedy literature podcast that tells you all the strange and sexy facts you never knew about the books you had to read in school every episode is a fun Foul-mouthed spark notes for your ears, filled with author bios, plot summaries, bad impressions, and Megan singing. It's mostly you that sings. No, I sing well. She sings poorly. That's not true. So come listen to us ruin classic literature one book at a time at onolitclass.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh no, lit class. We're for kids. No, we're not. Welcome back to episode one thirty. This is your spooky voice. <laughs> you can go on down to the wall wall and get a hoogie. There's some ice water. No, water ice. Sheets. 
No, this is the Philly accent. Oh, that is spooky. <laughs> you gotta go get some water ice and then you cheer for Carson Wentz. <laughs> Watch out, here comes Gritty. <laughs> He's looking for smokes. <laughs> it's 1.30. We're back. Third trick-or-treat beer of the evening. It's going to be a guaranteed treat for me. Well, let's hope it's it's better than the last one. Yes. We're so far one for one. Uh, we have one treat and we had one trick. <laughs> a guaranteed treat for me, though, is the Dewclaw Pastry Archie. Are you kidding Whoa. me? <laughs> I don't even know what's in it. I already Look know it's that. made for you. Yes. It is a, a barrel-aged Vietnamese coffee stout. Shit, yeah. Fuck yeah. Yes. This is right up my alleyway. Uh, coming in at 8.5% ABV. It is a full-bodied Russian imperial stout with a complex mix of malt flavors, decadent chocolate, and a coffee nuttiness accentuated by caramel, oak, and bourbon notes. Brewed with Indian monsoon Malabar coffee. Oh, you gotta have that. And aged in bourbon barrels. So there you go. That's what's happening. Where did you score wow. that uh, that tidy little can? Where the hell did I get this one? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it was at, I I can guarantee it was in one of the three aforementioned places. Okay. So right. either Jr's Vintage or, but I don't think this one's around anymore. Ah, okay. The, the Pastryarchy is a ongoing series. Of okay. High ABV fatty boy yum yum times. That's <laughs> that's sort of their uh, their Blackwater series, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes, uh, I picked this one up a bit ago. Okay. But I think there's a new one out now. Ooh, good old motor oil. Yeah, it is. It does not smell like motor oil. No, it smells like booze it, and coffee. Yeah. <laughs> smells like some Halloween treats. Yeah, this is the kind of beer where uh, you just keep all the Reese's pieces to yourself. Close the door. Shut Lights up. Lights go light. off. <laughs> yeah, go away, kids. I'm drinking. <laughs> yeah, drinking it. So, yeah, we don't yeah, have to. You're, it, you're, I'm sorry, you're behind, Adam. You're, oh, all right. <laughs> your your story. <laughs> <laughs> you guys jumped the gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's surprisingly a little bit thin. Light. Not in a yeah. bad. Yeah, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. I, I I was expecting. You know, it's got the word pastry in it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was <laughs> expecting much more fatty. <laughs> yeah. I was gonna have to get my beer fork out. And and chew it. Yeah, it's sweet, but it's very drinkable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. In comparison to uh, comparison to the Hilma that we just had, like it's not as thick as that. So no. I guess that's what's throwing me off. No. Mm-hmm. but it's still like easily. Yeah, very easy drinking. The barrel is not hot at, on it at all. No, like you don't get that barrel burn at all that we've had before. Would you say this was eight point five? Yes, eight point five. Yules. Yeah, this doesn't uh, this doesn't burn like other eight point fives I've had in the past. Oh. Uh-huh. And like that coffee flavor comes through pretty well. Mm-hmm. We both you and I, Adam, we had a Vietnamese coffee beer at a homebrew fest. Yes, and that's what made me pick this one up because you don't often see Vietnamese coffee. Mm-hmm. You kind of advertise it's either some local ground from you know a local house or mm-hmm. what's kind of uh, Ethiopian's kind of the more popular one nowadays. Yes, but I th- I thought maybe this one would kind of mimic that. The coffee flavor doesn't come through quite as much as that beer that I'm thinking of. No, but it's still quite good. But it's still it's still there, and it's still mm-hmm. quite good. No, I'm yeah. a fan. Good job, Duclaw. As always. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think we drink more Duclaw on this show than like any <laughs> other brewery at this point. Is that so bad? No, it's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. 
I mean, maybe from a Pittsburgh brewery standpoint. But. Well, <laughs> we'll just have to go visit more breweries. <laughs> well, I think uh, maybe the only uh, the other one in the running would be Abjuration. Yes, we have had. Well, we've done on two, and off the show. Yeah, we've done two episodes there, mm-hmm. and then we also had one of their uh, barley wines just on an off day. Right. Where's that out of? McKee's um, Rocks. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you've never been, you should go. Yeah. Cool. They, they, I, I'll say they make some of the best beers in in the city. Yeah. Shit. They and, make some of the best beers in the city, and that venue in general is something you should check out. Cool. Because it's a movie theater, it's a bar. What? Yeah. What the- <laughs> the fuck? It's bitching. It's bitching. Uh, so Friday. Bad, uh, see, Fridays they have jazz, I think. See, the Thursdays or Fridays they have jazz. I believe Fridays are jazz and Thursday is open mic. Yeah. I yeah. know they have open mic in there once in a while. Yeah. Or switch. Somewhere One of those ways. Yeah. Check their calendar. Uh, yeah. Parkway Theater and Lounge. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> cool. it's, it's It's worth a stop in. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, with that, uh, we're going to move on. We all seem to be enjoying this one as a treat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I picked good. <laughs> you did. Yes. Uh, Lars would appreciate this one, too. It's nice and dark. Good. <laughs> well, with that in mind, there's a segment we like to do on this show, and uh, it's called Beerify It. And that's where Adam and I take our uh, homebrewing knowledge, as little as it is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we put it to the test in that we try to adapt things from popular culture and make a beer representative of that thing. In the past, right. in the past, we've done the Undertaker. Uh, we've done Fast and the Furious. I believe we've done the <laughs> Kentucky Derby. We've done the Kentucky Derby, oh. and we've also done Wolf Cop. Fuck yeah! All right. So, you're here tonight, Brandon, to help us kind of guide you know, as a creator. This is the first time we're able yeah. to do this. We you didn't... are the source. Yes. That's true. So you're going to help guide us, create a homebrew recipe to represent your novel, Lars Breaks Face, Werewolf in Space. All right. So I guess we're going to start with, you, I'm going to kind of let you tailor this and like you give us styles and things that you want in and then we can kind of put together the grain bill, the hop bill, things like that. All right. Well, I mean, as, as we discussed, Lars... Likes a dark beer. It's got to be as dark as the deep reaches of space, I think. So you're thinking, should we go stout or more of a black IPA? Uh, let's go black IPA. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, what I've learned from black IPAs, and this mm-hmm. is my own dumb dicking around. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, it's the 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 Carafa three. Mm-hmm. That is a it's a roasted German wheat. Yes. That imparts a lot of smoky flavor as well as like coffee flavors and it you know brings down that color. So yeah, yeah. That sounds excellent. Okay. <laughs> I, I used that myself when I stumbled upon a very good black IPA doing stumbled that. Stumbled upon an award winning beer um, recipe. Metal winning. That's Whoa. right. <laughs> Shit. So yeah, we'll we'll start with that. It's kind of like we'll give it you know a pale two road base, obviously. Right, of course. But we'll add some of that Carafa three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good start. So you had mentioned that he also enjoys the the dark and the bitter mm-hmm. beers as well. So we're definitely gonna have to jump in on that hop train. A lot of it. Yeah, uh, I think you would be remiss though. It's it's not really a bittering hop. Mm-hmm. But you would be remiss to not put Galaxy in it. That kind of writes yeah. itself. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think bittering-wise, Chinook. Chinook, I was kind of thinking going in a Magnum direction. 
Okay. Yeah. Magnum. Yeah. yeah. Magnum yeah. makes sense. Magnum Galaxy. Yeah. These can, are words I together. like. <laughs> <laughs> I got a Magnum hop for my monster beer. <laughs> It's <laughs> a good sunny reference. That was good. <laughs> so yeah, a blend of that. Um, let's see. We could probably do a little bit of dry hopping mm-hmm. with maybe the, maybe a galaxy dry hop. I like it. Yeah, I like yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is there is there anything on the uh, other flavor spectrums that you would want to go through with? Uh, I'd I'd like some input from you guys. What would, would, would uh, you guys think of when you think in space and planets and grungy werewolves? To me, uh, I I and I'm looking at the cover right now. Uh, he definitely looks like the kind of guy that would also have a a wake up and immediately roll over and get a cup of coffee just to try to wake himself up. Fuck yeah. So and I you know it's like three days old. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Old time. Yeah, Film a, a mold on top. He just right, flicks it out. In a cup that hasn't been washed in six months. Oh, hell no. He doesn't wash a cup. <laughs> <laughs> Throws it out the airlock. What do you mean? He doesn't wash a fucking cup. Okay, so I like that I like that thought train. Uh, being that he's a mercenary that kind of bounces station to station, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I imagine there's probably some sort of intergalactic Waffle House. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. So if we're going, if we're going strong coffee, as a person who's been on the road, mm-hmm. yeah, you got to go Waffle House black, just Waffle House black coffee. Yeah, it's, it's fuck yeah, it's unforgiving. Yes. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we could put yeah, put a little Waffle House coffee mm-hmm. in the uh, find whatever grounds they use, and, and I think that would push uh, the bitterness in a slightly different direction mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're going to wind up with a really bitter beer on yeah. this one. <laughs> right. Which is which is what we'd be going for anyway. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no fucking around. All right, so I think... What would we call this? We call this Hair of the Wolf. You could do that. Call it Long Haul Through the Black. Ooh. It's a phrase Ooh. that gets thrown around in the book a lot. Ooh. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. All right, so yeah, we got a black... For Lars, we have a black IPA with a lot of smoky coffee flavors on it called Long Haul Through the Black. Cheers. Cheers to that. I think we friggin' nailed it. <laughs> That's a good one. Are you you guys better fucking make this. <laughs> I mean, we totally can. Yeah, yeah. We have the know-how. <laughs> so, I think we have a little bit more time that we could maybe do another character. Oh, damn. So, All if right. you if you want right. to try to yeah. brew another beer, uh, let's do Jay. Uh, Jay is the kick-ass uh, ninja vampire with blood magic powers. Okay. Uh, hmm. She is herself very pale. Okay. So I think you want to do something that's pale, blonde ale, uh, pale ale, something of that sort. Hmm. I don't know. How, how bitter are we talking? Hmm. Because we, we could be shooting for like a salty goza or another uh another direction of just another bitter <laughs> roughened up <laughs> space well I, I wouldn't be surprised if we went in kind of a blood orange ipa mm-hmm. direction yes. yeah that would also be good because i don't know how to put together a goza recipe <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how to make those so there we go you know blood orange for the blood magic um and uh maybe thinking of uh something like raspberries because uh, she's got a lot of purple in her design. Okay. Uh, to sort of bring out those colors. 
Um, so what do you, where would you start if you're going to end up in a flavor profile, including those fruits? So you would start with just, again, like really pale uh, malts, but you could also throw some wheat in there if you wanted to make it a little more hazy. Hmm. Yes, like, I like that. Yeah. And kind of thicken it up a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. wheat, wheat and oats would help thicken it up. You could also throw lactose. I mean, that's you, everybody's you crutch throw, nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's crutch on some lactose, but um, and we don't have to. Uh, but yeah, you could definitely throw some blood orange in for character. And then the raspberries, you could introduce them in two levels. Like uh, you can put them in in the boil, mm-hmm. and that'll give you a lot of uh, your flavor and color, putting them in the boil. And then if you put them in secondary fermentation, that's how you're going to get a lot of the aroma and even more flavor out of that. Mm-hmm. You'll also reactivate the beer and restart fermentation, so you get a little bit more of a boost on the ABV for that. Mm. And I think we have to play with the magic side of things a little bit as well. Yes. So whenever the beer is served, I believe we have to put a garnish of a mushroom on the glass. <laughs> <laughs> so that is your your post-beer treat. Or just dose it with LSD. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, whatever. That's fine, too. <laughs> just put a little psilocybin yeah, in, put, the, in the boil. Yeah. and Right. And see what happens. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you could put the psilocybin in the boil, and it would still make you trip a little bit. It would give you a little something. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you want to, you know, have somebody trip balls. Just, <laughs> just a little trip. Yeah, just <laughs> knock them off a couple of degrees. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, Hunter would approve. <laughs> That's definitely a flying dog beer. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get a hold of them after the episode. Like, right. We got a beer for you. There you go. Uh, yeah, for, um, hopping-wise, you probably just want to go real light hops, probably even soul-dry hopping of, like, Citra. Mm-hmm. Just give a little bit more of a fruit flavor, or even maybe Strata. I mean, Strata does kind of play into the space theme a little bit. Yeah. That's a space mm-hmm. name. Stratosphere. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, it gives a little bit of a pineapple flavor to things, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's fruity as well. Yeah, if you're kind of looking for your overarching <laughs> kind of just fruity beer. Right. Yeah. A, a fruity IPA. Yeah, fruity IPA. Or we, fruity pale. Fruity pale, yes. Yeah. But what would we name it? Well, I guess that's up to Brandon again. Ooh. Hmm. Magic Ninja Vampire Space Princess. <laughs> <laughs> How could we not? That uh, that sounds very fr- similar to uh, that Flying Monkeys beer we had not too long ago. Oh, yeah. What um, was it? Snufflepuss uh, Defender of the Universe. <laughs> that was a fun read on the can. Yeah. You, you got to check this beer out. We'll show it to you after All right. the show. But it's the most ridiculous title and then crazy write up on yeah. it. But yeah, go back a couple episodes, find out the Flying Monkeys triple IPA that we had. It's crazy. Yes. Excellent. You want to try to do one more? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, I guess out of the out of the main crew, we've got uh, Frank. The, the guy with Chlorgen. Right. Tree guy. Yeah. Or we've got Fish, the sort of um, amphibious creature from the Black Lagoon kind of dude. Uh, do you get any ideas either way? I'm more leaning towards the tree person. As am I. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's find out what, uh, if we're brewing Chlorgen for Frank, Yeah. what would we do? So. I mean, I know we're not brewing gin. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> So my initial thoughts, because you bring up chlorogen, is gin is obviously a lot of juniper mm-hmm. mm, yeah. and, and spruce. Right. So that's so spruce tips. Yeah, spruce that's tips. That's an easy one. Yeah. And I'm thinking maybe even you go a sati beer. 
mm-hmm. which is that old Viking style beer that doesn't have any hops. Oh shit! It's all just foraged spices and leaves and like spruce and shit like Foraging that. Foraging from a forest sounds mm-hmm. like the place to get stuff for a tree's beer. Mm-hmm. And and that's right out of Strange Roots's. <laughs> oh, that's right oh, in their playbook. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. They love the they love the forged nuts and berries. I'll admit I'd like to throw a little bit of tea in there as well. Yeah. I feel like okay. that that would be a good add in. Yeah. A good old tea. Mm-hmm. Nothing yeah. too fancy. Nothing too fancy. <laughs> Just a little tea. Right. Um, let's see. The character also has yellow eyes. He does. So what could we what could other than lemons? That's where I was going. Yeah. Go. <laughs> other than lemons. What could I mean, we could still do lemons if we can't think of anything else. Hmm. But what would be like a yellow Dandelions. Fruit adjunct. Dandelions. Dandy, like a dandelion wine? Hmm. That's interesting. Some, some dandelions and in that's, there. And uh, that's planty as well. Yep. Or. Botanical. It could be dandelion wine or. See, now I don't know what the name for this would be, <laughs> but I'm, I'm taking it even more uh, hard. Okay. Uh, like hard to describe. But so there's braggots, right? Yeah. Heard and braggots are half beer, half mead. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So what if you take. A dandelion mead because ah. there is dandelion honey yes. so you can make right, dandelion right. mead so you take that and mix it with a sati but i don't know what that's called i assume it has some old name that Probably. has an o with the slash through it <laughs> and another a with an umlaut <laughs> this sounds very viking i think yeah. Lars's ancestors would be proud <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. So dandelion. So you make your dandelion mead. That's just very easy. Just mm. throw that in water, boil that together, and then ferment. <laughs> mm. Then you make your sati, which would probably I don't know. We could probably do a little bit darker, like a, a sixty. Okay, kind of getting like into what would be a a brown ale equivalent. Yeah, yeah. Okay, make it a little browner, like a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. There we go. So yeah. Now, to me, I have two schools of thought. Okay. Uh, I'd like to roll that gin in just a little bit more, and I'd like to be able to condition this in gin barrels. Shit, yeah. But the question is, do you condition just the braggot in the gin barrels, or do you combine that with the dandelion mead and then condition it in the gin barrels? Yeah, you condition after the combination, you have the braggot. Yeah, to just take the braggot as a whole. Right. And put that in. And then put that in the gin barrels. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that. <laughs> Make it as complicated and time-consuming <laughs> yes. as possible. Right. Like, I think this beer would probably take about a year right, because before you can ever drink it. Well, we're going to store it in a hollow tree. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> On the, from the corpse of a redwood. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, I'm going to be back in a year. I'm all expecting right. all three of these beers. You get two, maybe. <laughs> we don't have a gin barrel. That's right. <laughs> Those are expensive. <laughs> well, well, then, Brandon, I guess it's back to you again. What would we call it? Yeah. Yeah, one more thing. I name. mean, we have to call that one Chlorogen. Just right? call it Chlorogen. We got straight it. Straight up. All right. Yeah. I like it. So, spruce and juniper and hazelnut, whatever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some hazelnut. Yeah. It's a nut. You find it. True. <laughs> <laughs> hazelnut in a brown ale mixed with a dandelion mead, Asian gin barrel. Yeah. There you go. Sounds awesome. In a hollow tree. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. And a little bit of tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Lock it in. There you go. Somebody go make it. We'll put the recipes up on the website, hopnationusa.com, and maybe we'll 
Rue the Lars one. That one. Yes. <laughs> actually, that one's actually Please within. Do. Our, I will come back for that. <laughs> that one's actually within our means, but uh, yeah, everybody else brew these other ones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do our hard work for us. Do it. <laughs> Speaking of hard work, I did not have a hard time getting through this pastryarchy barrel-aged Vietnamese coffee stout. Nah, that shit was delicious. Hells yes. Yeah, this is really good. It really is like trick-or-treat candy. Mm. Uh, and I am not super into darker beers, but it's super drinkable. It's not too sweet. It's still kind of desserty. Mm-hmm. I really dig it. Yeah, it, it wasn't like really bitter either, Mm-mm. despite no. it being coffee. And it wasn't overly like alcoholic hot right. from being in a bourbon barrel. So yeah, I don't know. It just hits everything right in the uh, right in the center. Yeah, it worked really well. At a bullseye. So that means it's time to go to the podium, and that's where we rank all three beers that we had tonight: bronze, silver, and gold. And I'll start. Okay. Very simply, because uh, the bronze is going to go to the Hilma by Omnipolo. It did not deliver on any of the flavors that said on the can. The only thing you get is a real thick lactose IPA. The IPA part wasn't terribly interesting either. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, I don't know what hops they used in this because it doesn't stick out as being overly bitter or overly citrus. It wasn't like an interesting hop like the Strata or the Sabro. So, eh. <laughs> Silver I'm going to give to the General Goza by Stillwater. That is a surprisingly drinkable, soury beer for me. I was very surprised by that because I don't like sours. <laughs> but this was really good and it's really drinkable. Again, not overly sweet and it didn't quite deliver on some of the things on the can. And we know that's a big no-no with me. Uh, it didn't have the orange peel really coming through and it didn't really have the chili powder. Like a slight, slight tinge. Maybe there's an extra hot or you know there's a chili pepper plus one (laughs) version out there or something uh but this one didn't quite deliver that way but it's still like a really drinkable beer Mm -hmm. so that makes it good that way it just didn't have what it says on the can so that's silver and obviously gold goes to the patriarchy by dewclaw it delivered on every flavor that's on there and it was also a fatty yum yum good good time (laughs) so that plays the exact that it plays to my tastes (laughs) That's everything I want. And I wish I bought more. <laughs> I am sad now. <laughs> Adam? I am going to reflect exactly what you said, Steve, in the bronze medal position. This Hilma by Omnipolo. I didn't like it. It didn't. Uh, and it wasn't even because of just of my IPA sensibilities. I just didn't think it was a well-crafted beer. I. They said they were going for hamburger buns and french fries number one why would you do that (laughs) i don't have a good answer because it's 2019 why the hell not that's right i I guess i'm not woke when it comes to french fry beers (laughs) 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 i guess that's just the curmudgeon in me uh i i i don't get it and i didn't get it so that goes in the bronze medal position the other two i think are are a lot closer than i originally thought they were going to be uh and that's not a detriment to those two beers but i am going to agree with steve and put the still water uh the general goes in a a very strong silver i will say the one drawback was as previously mentioned there wasn't 
much if any spice, which you would kind of expect with a beer that's trying to emulate, you know, General So's chicken. Uh, it wasn't there, but as a beer in and of itself, not bad. Not bad at all. I liked it. If they changed the label and they got rid of the MSG and called it something else, yeah, it'd be a, a good beer. Uh, a really good beer. But unfortunately for Stillwater, Duclaw, uh, yeah, it's just a really good beer. I, <laughs> Steve, Steve's already said everything that needs to be said about it. It's gold. It's gold for the night. Bottom line, period. End of story. Okay. I'm done. All right. <laughs> of course, I got to say the, the same thing. Um, that Omnipolo just isn't anything. It's not enjoyable to drink. Uh, the Stillwater, it's silver really only because it doesn't deliver on what it says on the label. I'm probably more likely to drink that one on like a regular Tuesday. Uh, it's a little bit more in my wheelhouse. Uh, but it doesn't, you know, I don't taste the chili powder. I don't taste the orange peel. I don't, I don't even taste the MSG. Um, <laughs> so, you know, if it's trying to live up to, to that label, it doesn't quite make it. Um, whereas, you know, this was, uh, this was trick or treat beer night and the pastryarchy really delivers on the treats. Just fucking nailed it. You know, everything it was trying to do, it did. And it's tasty. Right on. Well, why don't you just keep going, Brandon, and uh, give us kind of final plugs of where people can find you, find your book, and anything else you want to say about Lars Breaks Race. Uh, yeah, man. Um, you know, Lars Breaks Race, uh, as we said, for fans of Ash vs. Evil Dead or Guardians of the Galaxy or um, the Super Mario Brothers movie or Army <laughs> of Darkness. If, if you like that weird shit and you don't mind a book that says dildo probably 80 times, uh, this is the book for you. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, IndieBound. There are currently about 15 copies at the Monroeville Mall, Barnes & Noble, if you're in the Pittsburgh area. Um, and you can find me at www.brandongetsgetz.com. Uh, and on Twitter, you can find me at Brandon underscore Getz. Uh, you can also find the publisher, uh, Spaceboy Books, at Read Spaceboy on Twitter. And they've got a lot of updates on what's going on with Lars Breaksface and generally other good science fiction books that they're putting out. One quick question. Uh, I noticed you have a Lars Breakface, uh t-shirt on. Are those available for purchase? Well, this one in, in particular, this uh, yellow on black, was a one-off for the launch. But this design, uh, done by artist Jonas Goonface, who also did the uh, cover art for the book, is available on TeePublic. If you search Lars Breaksface on TeePublic, you'll find this, uh, this red missile design that he did. It's fucking awesome. Get it in any color you like. One thing to mention is uh, when we're talking breaks face, it is spelled B-R-E-A-X face. face. Yes. That's true. And yeah. it is not bro face. It is not <laughs> French. It is not fancy. L'ombre face. <laughs> it is ridiculous. That's why it's spelled that way. To be ridiculous. B-R-E-A-X-F-A-C-E. I didn't even think about that. I have had, I have had several people ask me. <laughs> you had mentioned uh, tpublic.com. Uh, once you're done buying your uh, Lars Breaks Face uh, merchandise, head on over to Hop Nation USA's page where yes. we got merch. Yes. You we want got a number of 
T-shirts and stickers and, and mugs, magnets and a. and whatnots. So just you know, drop a couple hundred bucks, hundred on <laughs> us, hundred on Brandon. Why not? Yeah, Christmas is coming up. Damn right. Do your holiday shopping now. We will solve all of your problems in 20 minutes on <laughs> tpublic.com. All right. If you want to find us on social media, all you have to do is search Hop Nation USA, and that'll get you Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you want to listen to brand new episodes of the Hop Nation USA podcast every Friday, as you should, then search Hop Nation USA on your favorite podcatcher like Stitcher, Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Werewolfcast, Larscast, <laughs> Frenchcast, uh, Pocketcast, Laughable. That's all of them. That's it. Okay, good enough. <laughs> all of them. We dare. <laughs> if you're on any of those platforms, though, leave us a five-star review because... We are a six-star show, but they only let us use five... And that's a bigger crime than a werewolf knocking over your crawler of Chlorogen. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Tis a, tis a spoiler from the book, but only in the first couple chapters. That's so. true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just want to thank Brandon again for coming by, drinking some beer with us, sharing sharing his uh, book with us. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good book. I definitely suggest going out and reading it. It's a fun read. Like, do that and support your local writers. Yeah, I'm definitely going to go grab a copy after the show. Sure. <laughs> thanks, dudes. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. If you have anything, last last words? Man, you know, it's spooky season. This is the Halloween episode. It's a book about monsters. Fucking go buy it. Go buy it. <laughs> <laughs> My last words are that I want to give a shout out to the threes that don't get enough uh like they don't get enough coverage because Brandon was talking about Halloween three. Mm-hmm. That's mm. a, that's a good movie. Yeah. It's a great movie. Despite it not being Michael Myers, that's a good movie and you should watch it. Yeah. The other one that doesn't get a lot of play is exorcist three. Oh shit. I've never even seen that. You should. It's okay. a really good movie. And that's pretty much where every heavy metal band steals like audio clips from, <laughs> <laughs> from Brad Dourif's character. <laughs> Just like, and, uh, Oh, uh, uh, George C. Scott is also in the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, they just steal audio clips from that movie, and then you'll figure it out, and you go, oh, Children of Bodom lifted that from there. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and Furious 3, however, is safe from that sort of piratry. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Nobody steals quotes from that. <laughs> no, actually, no. People do steal quotes from that. <laughs> why? If you're not out of control, you're not in control. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's from Tokyo Drift. That feels like a Top Gun thing, but I don't know enough to dispute it. <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll be back episode 131 next week and that'll be november 1st so we're out of the halloween season it's all saints day so i think we'll just be doing virginia beers okay with, with katie she'll be back we'll be visiting the commonwealth the other commonwealth yeah the other one <laughs> the, the, the other one, the other one. <laughs> all right bye-bye <laughs>